0: You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now, here's Doug Robbins.
1: We're Chip and Joanna Gaines. Chip, I need you to hold that up there. Oh, Do you I like guess. that? Love it. We take the worst house in the best neighborhood and we turn it into our client's dream home.
0: Are y'all ready to see your fixer upper? Just go home. Oh, oh, we need oh. you oh, my God. Do you have the guts to take on a fixer upper?
1: Besides me, a fan of the show uh, Fixer-Upper. Yeah, isn't that a great show? So my wife Jeannie and I, we love to sit down and watch that show um, with Chip and Joanna Gaines. And one of the cool things about the show is like they're like changing uh, homes from these dilapidated Fixer-Uppers to these really amazing places where children feel welcome and warm and Um, where people can flourish. In fact, uh, they're changing these homes that's really transforming neighborhoods in Central Texas. And because of the popularity of their HGTV show, they've raised the profile of Waco, Texas. Um, But I love the show uh, because I love to see the way that they can transform one place that's really jacked up and restore it into something amazing for people. And One of the parts that I like of the experience when my wife and I sit down on the couch to watch that show is in the introduction, Joanna asks that question Do you have the guts to take on a fixer upper? And when I hear that question, I just want to yell at the TV screen. I want to tell you why. It's like, Joanna, you bet I have the guts to take on a fixer upper because my wife and I, my family and I, we moved into a home that was built in 1897. And furthermore, Joanna, sister girl, when we closed on said home, the inspector's report said uninhabitable and uninsurable. So you think I've got the guts to live in a fixer-upper? I have the guts to take on a fixer-upper. And hey, come on, City Church downtown, we've been worshiping in a fixer-upper, hadn't we? Yeah. We've been worshiping in a fixer-upper here in uh, the cameo theater. And let me just stop here at this point and kind of brag on our staff for a minute because they don't they have the guts to, to, to take on a fixer Upper. You see these dumpsters out back of the theater. Well, uh, our staff, above and beyond their regular uh, jobs, have been helping to fill up dumpsters in back of the theater by getting their hands dirty and throwing junk and stuff from backstage and all over the theater that we don't need. Um, so that we can begin the renovations here. So can we give a little love to uh, some of our staff members who have been doing that? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to propose the question to you as a church family that uh, is presented by Joanna on Fixer Upper. And when I submit the question to you, if you're willing to take on a Fixer Upper here, I want you to say, uh, yes, we do. When I ask you, do you have the guts? Yes, we do, is the appropriate answer with fire in your eyes. Are you ready for it? City Church Downtown, do you have the guts to take on a fixer-upper? Yes, we do. You know, that's pretty solid. I can't mess with you uh, on that one. That one's pretty good. Well, a part of the story of City Church Downtown is uh, some years ago, uh, I was enjoying a very comfortable ministry job at an amazing church on the city's northwest sides. Out in the suburbs, and that church is still making a huge difference all over our city. And a handful of us from our Bandera Road campus, uh, out on the northwest side, uh, were embraced a word from God and a dream in our hearts to move into the inner city um, and start a church down here where it was so desperately needed. And so uh, we were supported at that time by our Bandera Road campus, and they continue to cheer us on and get excited about all the good things that are happening here at City Church downtown. But we found that it was unacceptable that Christians did not want to engage in urban life. Many were afraid of it. And churches were only, effective churches at that time, were only starting way outside 1604 where they could reach people who have money. Well, we felt like that was unacceptable. And we wanted to engage in urban life. And I understand that much of our inner city is still a fixer-upper. And I totally understand why a lot of people would want to fly far away from the inner city problems. Because I live in a very good inner city neighborhood, and there was two months this past year where there were five armed robberies in my good inner city neighborhood. And then two weeks ago... I left my storage shed in the backyard unlocked for 20 minutes. You know this story isn't going to go well for me, right? And so in that time, they stole from me my gas weed eater, okay, not good, my leaf blower, you know, not the end of the world, I can replace that, uh, my chainsaw, I'm getting a little more uh, amped up by now, but then they ganked my bicycle out of my storage shed, okay? (laughs) This means war, all right? I'm not happy. About my bicycle getting gay. Gang- I love that bicycle, man. And so I know that Jesus wants me to pray for my enemies and uh, pray for these people. So I am praying. I'm praying that whoever stole my bicycle will get hit by a Via bus. Okay? <laughs> I, I, I'm, look, look, check this out. I, I'm praying for uh, a Primo Via bus, okay? The ones that look like an accordion, that they get run over here by a bus that has the internet, right? Uh, that's, that, that, that would be great. <laughs> I'm a fixer-upper too, aren't I? (laughs) But when the Bible character, Nehemiah, visited the urban core of his city, Jerusalem, he saw a fixer-upper. The wall had been torn down, the gates were burned down, the city was a pile of rubble, and Nehemiah, at that time, worked in a very comfortable job in the suburbs for a king where he was the cupbearer, and God asked him the question, Nehemiah, do you have the guts to take on a fixer-upper? Well, look at his heart when he saw the condition of his fixer-upper in Nehemiah 1.4. says, I sat down and wept. I mourned, fasted, and prayed. O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people. And one of the things that Nehemiah realized was that he could not take on a fixer-upper by himself, and so he went and employed the help of some of his fellow God followers. And I want to show you uh, what he said in Nehemiah 2.17. Then I said to them, see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. We will no longer be in Disgrace. Remember that disgrace for just a minute. And he goes on to say, I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me, That the, what the king said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. And so prior to this time, their city, their walls were a disgrace. Well, I remember a few years ago, we were looking to figure out um, what building we would permanently locate in here downtown. And I looked at this report of downtown buildings that were considered to be a disgrace (laughs) to the city. And on the cover of that report was a picture of the Cameo Theater. And I said, that'll be perfect, right? So Nehemiah was fulfilling a prophecy, and you and I today are fulfilling a prophecy from Isaiah 58, 12, where that great prophet said, some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities, then you will be known as rebuilders of walls and restorers of homes. And you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about you guys as a congregation, as a tribe, that gathers here to worship downtown, is that you guys, whether you live close to downtown or you're commuting in from the outer rim to serve and worship in the city, you guys are committed and passionate about serving our city. And you know, when I sit down and think about you guys, I think there's got to be a church down the street where all the lame people go, Um, and I, I, and I, I don't mean to get all mushy with you guys, but... I think about you guys and what you do to serve, and sometimes I do leak just a little bit of testosterone out of the side of my eye right here when I think about your faithfulness and what you guys are doing week in and week out. Some of you remember Cameo Cleanup Day. You guys came down here and we filled up two large dumpsters behind the theater because you guys rolled up your sleeves to work. only took you guys a morning to clean out a completely cluttered basement below the building next door. And then some of you remember the day that we circled the cameo. We were talking about prayer and we circled these buildings and prayed for them. And God heard your prayers and answered your prayers. And because of your prayers, we were able to purchase this building for $100,000 below its appraised value. It never even went on the market. We had such favor with the previous owner that it never went on the market because if it did in a very competitive downtown real estate market right now, we could have gotten into a bidding war and there's no way we would have got this property for the price that we did. And so we thank God for answering our prayers. Then you guys have donated thousands of pounds of food to our city's food bank to serve the food insecure around the city. You guys have also seen hundreds of baptisms, and the reason is because you've been uh, serving others and you're being the church to friends and loved ones and inviting them here where they can hear the gospel and be changed by uh, the gospel of Christ and start that journey of being fixed up by God, and that's reflected in baptism. And last year, we did what's called a capital campaign in which we attempted to raise the resources needed to take on our fixer-upper, the Cameo Theater, and I'm thankful to God for those of you who committed significant amounts of money to fix this fixer-upper up and to renovate it. So what we did was a lot of us gave initial gifts towards the Restore Fund, and then because we couldn't give as much as we wanted to up front, a lot of us made three-year pledges where we would pay out our pledges over a period of three years. So the reason that I'm bringing this up today is uh, threefold. Number one, I want to thank those of you who were able to participate and give to the Restore Fund. But also, uh, I wanted to remind you, don't forget your pledges. Because we don't, um, like, we don't try and motivate you by... Guilt and all that. We don't like have all these telemarketers that are going to call you and harass you to fulfill your pledges. We're not going to pray that a VIA bus will hit you if you don't fulfill your pledge or anything like that. Um, but we just kind of do it on the honor system here. But then the third reason I bring this up today is because I realized that since we did our capital campaign last year, um, we've grown as a church, and so because of that growth, I understand that many of you are new here to City Church downtown. And I wanted to invite you to join in with us to pay for these renovations and participate in the Restore campaign. So in case you're new here, you gotta realize that even though the Cameo Theater may be a little quirky, we love the Cameo. And we acknowledge that the Cameo needs some love, okay? Uh, I know this might be a surprise to some of you, but the Cameo is not up to code. (laughs) So um, there's some things that we're gonna have to do to it. We're gonna have to make some electrical improvements and we're gonna have to do some uh, mechanical systems, inspections, repairs and replacements. Uh, Did you know that part of our building right now is not air conditioned? uh, So we're gonna have to do something about that. Also, we're gonna have to make some plumbing modifications. Our architect was down here a couple of weeks ago and while he was here, a water pipe broke above him and baptized him right into the cameo (laughs) experience, which that was kind of funny and he took it like a champ. Uh, Also, we had to pay for historic commission, and permits. So um, um, I want renovations to happen very quickly, right? I'm not very patient. But when you purchase a historic property, uh, it takes more process in order to start renovations. But I brought a picture of what's been approved as of two Thursdays ago. The Historic Design Review Committee approved our outside elevation, and they told us uh, the colors that we could use, and uh, these are the colors that fit within uh, the historic designations of a building, um, uh, of our particular building. Now, another reason that the cameo needs some love is that the condition of our building reflects the value that we place on our mission. You know, if you don't take care of your building, you must not care about what you're doing in that building. And we feel like what we're doing here is of utmost importance and of the highest priority. Now, the running joke around here, ladies, is that I always joke with you, ladies, I know you're afraid to use the restroom in the cameo theater, right? And some of the ladies say, yeah, Pastor Doug, just just renovate my bathroom, right? I don't want to be scared, right? When I walk in there, I mean, it's kind of scary, ladies, I know. Uh, My promise to you is we're going to fix that for you ladies where you don't mind to use the restroom, but you got to understand, it's going to be excellence, not extravagance. Did you catch that? Excellence, not extravagance. Now, our architects are working to restore the cameo to look like the historic theater that it was when it was built back in the 1940s, um, and we want to honor the history of this place because it was the first African-American theater in San Antonio, and we feel like that's something very important and significant, and we want to honor that, right? Yeah. So, at the same time, we're going uh, to try and honor the history, uh, and we're going to try to not go over the top on this renovation. But another reason that the Cameo needs some love is that an improved physical environment casts vision, casts vision for the under-resourced for a better existence. So some of you have heard Yolanda Lopez teach here at City Church Downtown, and some of you don't know that she used to work as what's called a turnaround principal. So she would go into an urban school and turn it around, get test scores up and get kids excited about learning again. Uh, empower teachers and the like. And the first thing that Yolanda would do every time she went into a new school is that she would improve the physical environment so that children would see more value in what they were engaged in in that school. And we've been dedicating children here at the church today. And don't we want to cast a vision for our kids of a better reality and a restored inner city? And do you believe that God wants to lift you up or do you think God wants to keep you down? Well, I'm here to tell you today that according to Ephesians 3.20, God wants to do more in your life than what you can dream or imagine. God is here to lift you up and that's the vision that we wanna cast for all people who come here. That's why when you walk in, this next rendering on the screen is a picture of what our lobby is gonna look like. It's mostly cosmetic changes. To cast a better vision here. And then as you pass through the lobby, you'll come in and see the theater. There's a brick wall going to be on the back of the stage. Um, We may not go with those seats because I thought those were a little expensive for my taste. But anyways, um, some of those things we're going to be able to pull off in this renovation. We want to do as good of a job as we possibly can. But the thing that we've got to understand at the same time is that the Cameo building is just a tool for our mission of restoration. You know, if all the buildings in downtown San Antonio get renovated and restored and there are jacked up people inside those buildings, it's really for naught. It'll continue to uh, cause problems in our city, and our society. So this old theater is actually just a picture of what God is doing in our lives in restoring us. In fact, if you've been around here for any length of time, you would have heard me tell my story of restoration and how I have struggled in addiction and just straight-up sin and dysfunctional behavior in my own life, and God has been gracious to take me on as a fixer-upper and restore my life, and so we are fixer-uppers here, and what happens is is the more we get fixed up, the more we want to see other people changed by God and helped by God. God. That's why in this renovation, we're going to be uh, adding more seating. And we hope to, to gain uh, almost 100 more seats. And you can see in this next picture, the balcony there that will help us to hit that number of getting more seats here. And we hope those seats are filled with your friends and your family and your loved ones. So all these renovations are going to cost us. You know, uh, that's the part of renovation that we don't like. We'd love renovations as long as someone else is paying for it. But if we have to pony up for it, it makes it a little harder. You know, a lot of churches, they have uh, a few rich millionaire sugar daddies that the pastor can tap and ask them to pay for everything. Um, But let me just tell you, we don't have any sugar daddies here. (laughs) So uh, we all have to, as grassroots folk, kind of rise up and, uh, you know, give in a way to be able to pay for these renovations. you know, it helps me to think about dieting on this. I'm having to do a little dieting now because remember last fall we were in that series called Tribal and remember every week we said tribes do what? Yeah, those of you that are new are like, how did everybody know that? Okay, we, we talked about how tribes get, spiritual tribes get together and eat, you know, to foster community and um, I did just that during that tribal series, man, I was over at everybody's house in the church, eating, and I was hanging out with you guys all the time, and I was eating, 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 and dude, you know what, I gained like between 15 and 20 pounds during that tribal series, and uh, that's okay with me, I don't mind gaining a little weight, you know, but I, I'm just too cheap to buy new clothes, you know, and so I had to shave off a few pounds, so I had to decide how I was going to do that so I got the uh, Weight Watchers app, right, and I started using the Weight Watchers system. And I know there are lots of ways to, to lose weight out there, but I chose Weight Watchers. And the reason I chose Weight Watchers is because they're, they're not going to promise me some get slim quick scheme, right? I mean, they're not going to tell me that I can wear one of those blue spandex belts around my waist while I eat a big lose pizza and, uh, and lose weight. Um, but they're realistic, right? They're, they're saying, hey, you're going to have to watch your portions, and you're going to have to like, watch the kinds of foods that you eat, and they're going to encourage exercise. And by doing that, um, you can, can lose weight. They're not going to try and give me any shortcuts, you know? Um, so I, I've been following this plan since January. And since I started, uh, as of this morning, I weighed in, and I've lost nine pounds, which is, which is really good. Yeah, it's good. But, you know, I'm hungry. (laughs) I'm hungry. And it's like my mother says, if it doesn't hurt, it's not giving. You know, my mother's older now, but sometimes the greatest wisdom comes from those who are older, doesn't it? They know that if it doesn't hurt, it's not giving. And over the years, I've watched people to try and give in a way that doesn't really affect them just by getting rid of old junk that they don't want. And I think that if we're going to have the guts to take, up a, take on a fixer-upper, uh, some of us are going to have to give to where it maybe hurts. And, you know, first, remember last week we said that the first thing that Nehemiah did when he was restoring his city is he restored the practice of first fruits tithing, the tithe. And so I would say don't give to the Restore Building Fund if you've not committed to the tithe. That's first. Remember last week we saw how we don't want to rob God. But we want to give him his, uh, what's due him, his first fruit, right? And then some of us, above and beyond our regular tithing, uh, we're committed to giving to the Restore Building Fund, okay? And God is restoring us fixer-uppers, you know, and uh, that's why I wanted to ask one of our friends from the church here, who I consider to be one of the greatest ushers of all times. Um, His name is Dennis uh, to tell his story, and so we brought that story for you by way of video. Go ahead and take a look at Dennis's story.
0: Originally, I'm from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Moved to Chinook, Kansas, with my adopted parents. And then from there, we moved here to San Antonio. I went to Lee High School. Then I went to Clark High School. I graduated from Clark in 1985. My stepmother and I—we we never really got along too well made me stay behind here in San Antonio and just lived on my own since then and everything. It's been it's been part of a struggle ever since they since I moved. I had rheumatoid arthritis, which is a which is a juvenile case of arthritis, which means that uh, there's a certain amount of weight I can, cannot lift. And I had trouble I, I finding a job and everything, and places where I do go apply at and everything and putting in so many applications and next thing you know after being interviewed and everything and being turned down due to my disability was one of the one of the lowest points in my life. It was a quite a learning experience, you know, I just I lived lived under bridges. I stayed like I said, I stayed in shelters. At times I I didn't know where to turn, where to meal with was gonna come from or like I said I just had so much of adjusting to to life being homeless. There were many times where people would just look at me and just say this person just here to get get a handout. doesn't want to do anything to to make his situation better just wants to be out on the streets doesn't want to do anything for himself and it, it made me feel like like nobody cares. There was a guy who's currently attending here at church. It's a, I started, he invited me to come here to a City Church. and uh, But once I came through these doors, I felt like all that, the feeling of those have di- disappeared. And being accepted by, by everyone here who came, came to City Church, and I felt all, those feelings just completely disintegrated, disappeared. And I felt like I was being accepted and being loved. Once I came through these doors, I felt a lot of love from uh, from people that attending here. I Want to get back to show the love that God showed me, and give love to other people that came through these doors. Also, like the way God uh, blessed me with the, this friend and uh, invited me to the church for, from that first time until he wants me to go somewhere else. I know he he doesn't want me to leave here until he until he tells me it's time for me to move on.
1: So City Church Downtown, do you still have the guts to take on a fixer-upper? Yes. Good. And because of that, uh, we wanted to make available to you our restore packets in the lobby as you walk out today if you've not had opportunity to participate in that. And when you pick up one of those packets, you'll find information in there about our church and about what we're going to do to restore this place, Um, but also you'll find a commitment card in there, and the commitment card is really where the rubber meets the road for us today, isn't it? And what I want you to do with that commitment card is to pray because we don't want to give based on guilt or emotion, but we want to pray and ask God for what He wants to do through us and our financial contributions. And so pray, and then write down on the card your upfront gift, and then what you'd like to commit to this over the next couple of years. And then hand it in, and I wanna encourage you to hand it in as soon as possible. Now, we're not trying to pull one of those, you know, what do I have to do to put you in this car today kind of things, because you definitely need to pray and think about this, but you know, I'm one of those people, and many of you are too, it's just human nature, that if we put it off, we end up blowing it off. And we don't wanna blow this off because this is important, isn't it? So make sure and get your packet today if you've not already participated in this and pray about that card and write that down and uh, hand in those commitment cards into the giving boxes uh, located at the back of the theater or in the coffee shop next door. So we're gonna pray together as a church family, but before we do, I wanna tell you what we're praying for. Let's pray and ask God to provide everything we need for these renovations, okay? You know, we may not be able to do everything that we saw in those pictures. I hope we can. And let's pray and ask God to do everything we need and let's trust Him that He's going to provide for us to do what He wants done here at the Cameo Theater. Also, I want us to pray because our architect is going to choose a contractor. And you know what? I want my architect to make the right decision, And so how about we pray for them and just pray. You know, uh, contractors are busy in San Antonio right now. There's a lot of building stuff going on. And so let's just pray that God would provide the exact right person uh, for this role. And let's pray for this process. Also, we want to pray for our displacement plan. Because the the theater is actually going to get demolished on the inside before it's restored and rebuilt in here. And that means that we won't be able to meet in here for some time. We don't know when that time's going to be. And as soon as we find that out, we're going to let you guys know about that first thing, right? Uh, but let's pray about that, that it won't be too disruptive to what God is doing through our church, right? So let's bow together and pray for those three things right now. And if you would like to just kind of lift up your prayers for this, just lift your hand out like this. And Father, you can see our prayers right now. We're praying that you'll provide every resource that's needed. For this, we pray that you're going to put it on the hearts of your people, that it's not going to be some big guilt and shame thing that motivates people to give, but it's going to be uh, a word from God, and that you provide and bless so that people can give to this. We also pray that you would work in our architect to choose the exact right contractor for this, and then we pray for the displacement plan. That when the, the short time that we won't be able to meet in the theater, that you will provide us the exact right space to meet so that it's not too disruptive to what you're doing. We thank you for the ways that you're going to provide. We move forward in faith, trusting you with this. And we know that you're a good God who's going to provide for all of our needs. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.